Welcome to episode five of the Worship is Life podcast, where worship equals relationship and relationship is the purpose of life. Today, we're going to be talking about helping kids connect to God throughout their day. I'm your producer, Taylor Marshall, and today's guest is the amazing Chris Pruitt, and here is your host, Todd Marshall. Thank you, Taylor, and welcome, Chris. So great to have you today. Hey, thank you so much, you guys. The Marshall guys in the same podcast. Wow, I feel honored. <laughs> yeah, we're having a good time. We're having a good time. I'm blessed to have my son uh, have the knowledge and have the equipment and have the desire to help and being a part of our ministry. It's been it's been great. It's been great. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Chris, we're going to talk a little later just about your statewide role. Um, and we're going to have some great content with uh, just what it looks like to help kids connect in their relationship with God all throughout their day and how that helps them connect with each other. But as we prioritize relationship, we just want to let our listeners know a little bit about how we know each other, how you know Taylor, and how we value um, our own relationships. And um, so you and I know each other mostly through our roles in serving the Minnesota District Assemblies of God. Um, And I just, when I think about our relationship, I, I think about moments in those planning meetings um, where I just really appreciate uh, just the unique combination of your seeing the big picture um, with wisdom, but then also your creativity. Um, And then I've also, you know, just loved watching the development and the journey of you going from children's pastoring to pastoring the children's leaders of, of the whole state of Minnesota in our Assemblies of God denomination um, and just the interaction that, that we've had at family camp and working together there. So, um, yeah, I just have a great admiration and, and, uh, and uh, respect for you. What, uh, what could you tell your listeners about, um, about your perspective of our relationship? Well, um, Todd, I've always been so impressed that you really have a pastor's heart in the worship department. And I know sometimes... Um, That department can get pegged as more performance driven Mm. and just your heartbeat to say, uh, we want to build relationships. We want to pastor the people that are on our worship teams and we want to lead people into the presence of God. And and it starts with you and and by example, and that same heartbeat is in your son, Taylor, which Mm. is so special for me to see (laughs) because in my ministry, I've, uh, I've been working with my dad now for about 16 years Mm. at New Life Church. I got hired out of college. To, to drive an hour away to do kids ministry in Little Princeton, Minnesota. Wow. And so I have uh, just worked so closely with my dad and how special that has been to me to see that same heartbeat for kids ministry and my senior pastor now mm. passed down to me mm. to see that same heartbeat for worship, to lead people into the presence of God, to do life holistically. Mm. Uh, that's not only in your heart, Todd, that's also in Taylor's. And that's just so special for me to see. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, Taylor, uh, what can you share with our listeners about your relationship with Chris? Well, I tell people all the time that I love Chris Pruitt, and it's true, (laughs) and I'm letting the whole world know in this podcast. Um, Chris, you're the man. I think the the first time we really met, honestly, I think was the credentialing weekend where I was getting licensed as a pastor, and I don't, I mean, I remember there's like this moment where, you know, we came up to the front, those of us getting credentialed, and we're getting prayed over. 
and you came and prayed over me. And I think that's like the moment, maybe we had, maybe we had shook hands earlier in the day or something, but I just remember you just praying this, this incredibly passionate prayer and just like moved, you were so moved emotionally and it just made that moment so real for me and even kind of sunk in for me, the, the, the power of that moment because Mm -hmm. of how serious you were taking it. And just like, I don't know, you know, there's always those moments where you feel close to somebody, but you're not sure if they replicate <laughs> it. And I just remember you looking at me and just like, just telling me how much you cared about me already just meeting me that day. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I love this guy. So that's the first contact I remember having with you. And we've done, you know, I've, I've helped out in worship in, um, in at least one, um, district kids event that we've had some mm-hmm. connection in. Um, and you know, seen each other at family camp as well. Like my dad said, and different things, but just love running into you, man. It's always been fun. Hey, same, same. You're just an easy guy to love, man. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's true. That's nice. That is so true. So tell our listeners, Chris, a little bit about your family, um, your wife, your kids. Um, Maybe you can wrap up that part by telling us uh, the story behind your, your newest little one and what you guys walked through there. Sure. Yeah, well, hey, listeners, uh, my name is Chris Pruitt, and I have a beautiful wife named Kristen. We've been married now for 16 years, and we have Carter, who's now 13, and this week he just passed me up in height, which is just a big deal for him. (laughs) I'm a little frustrated, so if you see me just sulking around, it's (laughs) because my 13-year-old is now taller than me. And uh, my 11-year-old, Carson, loves to play football. He is so strong. He gets his strength, not from me, but both of his grandpas. Uh, So he's the beast in the family. And then we had Callie, who is my kind-hearted girl. She loves uh, making people feel special with her words. Mm. Uh, She encourages her teachers (laughs) often and and leaders at church. And so she just has such a gift of encouragement. Mm. And then our youngest, and Callie's eight, and then my youngest daughter is Chloe, who is 21 months now and she is busy. I mean, she is pulling everything out of every drawer in the house, but she is so much fun. And so, yeah, this whole concept of, of, of worship being central to how we do life has really impacted our family too. Just a quick backstory in 2015, uh, we had a little girl by the name of Claire and it was a full term pregnancy. Everything was um, good to go. But when the doctors delivered her, they said, it's a girl to all of a sudden, there's something wrong Mm. with your little girl. Mm. And she was air rushed to the U of M and uh, Claire ended up living for five and a half days. Mm. And we found out that she had a genetic disorder and it completely took our family um, by, by surprise. But even in the midst of that pain, uh, we had to learn to depend on God daily. Like every mm-hmm. single morning we would just get desperate and dependent on God. We'd say, God help. I mean, as a dad, mm-hmm. um, as I'm getting news from the doctors, mm-hmm. having to then tell my kids later in that week that mm-hmm. Claire's not coming home, like just impossible decisions that mm-hmm. I would have to relay for my family and how God showed me how to get through is it was just being desperate in the morning for him. But then on the flip side, on the very end of the day, I would look back with thankfulness 
and I would see the hand of God and I would look back and I'd say, God, it was a good day. Thank you, God, that we got to take her outside to the park today. And thank you that we got to spend time together as a whole family today. Mm. And every single, the end of the day, we look back and with just gratitude, and we found that God's hand was leading us even in the most desperate, difficult times. And so, wow. yeah, be diligent and desperate in the morning and be uh, thankful at night. And then we fast forward three or about two, yeah, two and a half, three years. Then we get pregnant again. Mm. And I already kind of gave the spoiler alert that we have a 21-month-old, but her story is that at 18 weeks, uh, when we got pregnant, uh, by the way, we were so scared out of our minds mm-hmm. because uh, little this little baby would have a one in four chance of having of having the same genetic disorder that Claire did, which wow. we didn't know before. Mm. So we could potentially carry her full term and just to have her pass away very, very suddenly. Mm. And so we were saying, God, we need you. But yeah, also, God, this is a miracle that we're pregnant again. We weren't trying. And all of a sudden, at 18 weeks, Kristen's water breaks. And we rushed to the ER in Princeton. And, it, and at 2 a.m., they did an ultrasound and we didn't know if it was a baby girl at this time. And we found out that it was another little girl mm. and Kristen and me just held each other and we just wept our guts out. Mm. And then they found a heartbeat and we thought like, is the baby dying? Like, I mean, cause the doctor, the look of death on his face, everybody was just, cause typically if your water wow. breaks at 18 weeks, it's a death sentence. Yeah. And there was nothing they could do until 22 weeks because they can't sustain life until 22 weeks. And so they sent us home. Mm. So we, we get back home around probably four in the morning. And Kristen were at home for a, an entire month of not being able to do anything other than just say, God, help. Mm. And, and really, that was our heart's cry. It was a simple prayer because that's all we had to offer. It's like, God, we can't do anything. We just need you to do everything. And so... After being home a month, Kristen was hospitalized at the U of M and she spent 50 days basically mm. on bed rest. Oh my goodness. And all of a sudden one day she was having contractions and they, they hit the button and seven minutes later, little Chloe was born at three pounds, uh, two ounces, mm. and she spent 72 days in the NICU. So in 2019, oh, we spent almost four months in the hospital. It was crazy. But now oh. she is home and healthy, getting into Praise everything, wow. being a Thank crazy you, little girl. Yeah. So God has just been so good and faithful. Mm. But Todd and Taylor, let me tell you one thing real quick. Um, Kristen and me struggle with something. After having Chloe, we thought, are people going to look at our family and say the reason they praise God is because they got another little girl? Mm. And that was that was so heavy on my heart because mm. we wanted people to know that God was so good, he was so faithful, no matter our circumstance. Yep. Mm. Chloe has just been an absolute bonus and a blessing, but it doesn't mean that God is now good because he gave something. Right. Yep. God has been so faithful to us. And so I, I hope that people don't look at us and say, well, the reason they're, they're happy, the reason they're able to give thanks is because mm-hmm. they got another little girl. But in the meantime, God has been so good to us and our yep. hearts are just so full. Yep. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that, Chris. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And we rejoice with you. Um, yeah, we weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. And God is always present and ever working in every circumstance. He yeah, is. Seriously. And um, 
Man, Chris, I'm uh, I'm moved to tears on this side of the podcast listening to your story, and um, it's just crazy how it's so. It can be easy to go through the motions in life, and I just love your passion and your heart. But then hearing your story from your own lips, going through what you've gone through, and the desperation, and the prayer, and the time, the diligence, and really just doing the only thing you know to do when the rubber hits the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so cool, man. I just want to just like what my dad said, just continue to celebrate with your family for the long haul. Because I remember hearing updates during that season. Cause I, we'd already known you guys. And I was just like, what? She's been in there for how long? What's going on? And just praying. And whenever it came to mind, praying for you guys. And just to know that they're like, just even the power of prayer in that moment. It's just amazing that there's been prayers all over the world. And now yes. there is that living testimony of not only the, the, the baby that you have, but the the living testimony of you guys, you know, surviving through the difficult season because of just the faithfulness of God and, and the yes. community around. It's just so powerful. I love it. Yes. And we have a debt of gratitude for all the listeners and pastors and leaders and, and, and Christians out there who've been praying yeah. for us. Uh, God answers prayer. Sometimes Amen. it's not in our timing. Sometimes we don't see the effects, but on our end, we have felt the effects You've felt the power of God through your prayers. And mm-hmm. so thank you so much again for partnering with us and coming by our side. Keep praying. God mm-hmm. answers prayer. Amen. That's good, man. Mm. That's good. Thanks, Chris. Um, you, earlier you alluded to the passing down from your dad to you of the desire to minister to kids, the value of ministering to kids. Tell us a little bit more about your own journey, those desires God put in you to lead you towards children's ministry. Yeah, thanks. Uh, my dad was a kids pastor in Brainerd, Minnesota for 10 years, and he always allowed me to be on his uh, puppet teams, and I would practice different skills. We would do um, different things in the park in the community. We'd do like a family fest and, and offer free hot dogs and soda, and then we'd do Christian puppet songs and present a gospel message. And so from a young age, I was learning how to juggle, ride unicycle, and all these fun, creative things just to draw people in so they could hear the message of Jesus Christ. And so when my dad was a camp speaker, um, I, I don't know what state we were in, but I remember as a 12-year-old boy praying for other kids around the altar. And God just spoke to my heart saying, Chris, this is what I want you to do for the rest of your life. I want you to be able to, to minister to kids. And so from then on, I just knew in my heart that I was going to work with kids. And then I went to North Central. I didn't waste a credit. I just knew exactly what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I, my sophomore year, I started driving back and forth to Princeton to help part-time. And then I got hired my senior year full-time into kids' ministries and then served my dad for 13 years in Princeton, Minnesota. And we've had the awesome privilege of um, – I, we moved to Princeton when I was in eighth grade, by the way. Mm. And so I've got to see God grow a church in a small town from mm-hmm. 25 people to around a thousand. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy in a, in a town of 4,700, what God has done and people just come out of the woodwork. And um, a lot of it is, it's a unity, like our church staff. It's it's a unified vision. Um, my dad has had such a passion to reach young families for Jesus. And by having a strong, consistent vision, everybody 
that as our church knows the vision and is on board, like vision is polarizing. It's, it's like a magnet, like people are either drawn to it or repelled by it. And so when we say, Hey, here's who we are, the music might be a, a tad on the younger side, but here's our focus. People might say, you know what? Not for me. And they might leave and, and that's okay. Or people might say, Hey, I want, I want a church that my kids could go to, or many grandparents. We've grown every demographic in the church by having a focus. Grandparents say, I want to go to a church that my grandkids love. Mm -hmm. And so by constantly focusing on this next generation, that means that our church is always changing because we're constantly trying to find and adapt ways to reach this next generation. So the target is always moving, which helps us from growing stagnant and getting comfortable and just kind of settling in our ways. And that's just such an unintentional thing that I think leaders face because we get comfortable. We sing the songs that we love mm -hmm. versus saying, are, is, are these songs connecting with this next generation? And that doesn't mean that we never do anything old. That doesn't mean that we never sing any hymns or things like that. No, we sprinkle those in. We try to have a multi-generational approach as well, yeah. but with a focus on reaching the next generation. Yeah. Um, as you were talking about that, I just had a thought, um, kind of the elephant in the room as we're doing this podcast, we're still in the midst of the COVID pandemic of 2020. Um, so just curious, you know, there's a million opinions, a million different strategies, but as I think of kids and I think of the fear factor connected with this, and then I think of trying to get our people back to our services and what that means for families and what that means for kids. So a couple things. Um, how have you guys navigated that? And how have you, as a, um, as a pastor for children, how have you maybe specifically addressed the fear factor in all this? Sure. Yeah, fear is a, a crippling emotion. And I mean, I think once again, back to the worship philosophy, um, one of my favorite stories to teach kids during uh, difficult times is the story of Jehoshaphat when three armies were coming and they were going to attack and they were so afraid, but the response was they prayed and they worshiped. So they prayed and they worshiped. And even when going out into this big fight, they worshiped. And God gave them the victory ahead of time through their worship, through their praise. And, and worship really is that continual reminder that we are frail, but God is strong. And so when kids face fear, it's a perfect reminder to say, God, even though I'm afraid, I know you're strong and I know you're with me. And that is, I think, at the core of worship, it's that recentering on uh, our focus to say, God, it's about you. You're strong enough. And so to answer your COVID question, ministry has had to change mm -hmm. um, drastically in many church contexts. And so uh, it looks different across this state, across this nation, state by state, city by city. And so it's hard for me to give one concise mm -hmm. answer of mm -hmm. here's what kids ministry ought to look like or should look like or does look like because it's radically different. Yeah. Uh, however, I, I know that uh, one of the secret ingredients to kids, it's engagement. And so we need to continue to help them to get involved. And so if kids can't meet at church right now, how are, is the kids pastors or maybe the whole pastoral staff, how are they brainstorming and processing? How are we engaging our kids at home, like intentionally? 
Because if we just assume that parents are doing it, it's that classic adage, we need to inspect what we expect. Mm -hmm. So how are we helping kids engage with scripture, with prayer in the mornings? How are we helping, if they are able to go at church, uh, how are we engaging them at church? But that level of engagement, it can't be entertainment but it has to, it also has to be educational. So it's like edutainment. Like it has to be fun because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's the language that kids speak. It can't be, let's just sit and let's sing eight songs. Dude, you're going to kill your fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. You, maybe your younger kids might want to do that, but it, it still has to be fun. So how are we engaging our kids uh, in our church context through COVID? And also um, technology It's probably redundant. Everybody's heard this, but we also have a fantastic opportunity to get uh, phone numbers, to have kids pastors FaceTime in individual homes. Mm. Um, I, I have been guilty at times as a kids pastor of ministering to the masses, but missing the one. Mm. I can easily preach to a hundred plus kids. And I remember one Wednesday night after me leaving ministry or leaving Wednesday night service in the parking lot, the Holy Spirit just gently reminded me and he said, have you connected with one kid tonight? And mm. I honestly was trying to play back the night and mm. I didn't specifically remember connecting with any one child, wow. but yet I preached to 175 that night. And God is the God of the one. So with technology, with COVID, man, why aren't we FaceTiming families to say, hey, could I talk with your kids? How mm-hmm. are you guys doing? Where are you reading in your Bible? What is God speaking to you about? We have an opportunity to actually get into the homes with technology now. And so take advantage of some of those moments. I know I just get so encouraged that the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. That due to COVID, nothing can stop the kingdom of God from advancing except our own fear, except mm-hmm. our own sometimes paralysis of analysis. And so it's like, let's, what can we do? And let's just move forward. Let's take the hill. I'm tired of hearing of COVID casualties in the church. Obviously, COVID casualties that have, have devastated families through the loss of life is horrific and it is tragic. But I think it doesn't need to be like that in church ministry where all of a sudden ministries are dead right. and laid by the wayside. Mm-hmm. I think we can get creative and move the kingdom forward. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of that, you are currently serving now as the Minnesota statewide uh, district kids director for the Assemblies of God. So just uh, real quick, how that transition, what that looks like now going from staff ministry in a church to staff ministry in a district office and even the combination of the two? Yeah. Well, I, Pastor Mark Dean uh, invited me to be full-time um, into the kids' ministry uh, realm. Um, Pastor Clarence St. John invited me to be the district director at a, at a part-time basis, which was just a huge honor. And I, I just speak so highly of those two men, um, spiritual mentors and giants in my eyes. And um, Pastor Mark just realized that, you know, we look at the full-time youth ministry, what God has accomplished in 28 years of Pastor Mark being there. It's been so incredible. And he has such a huge vision for this next generation. And so he asked me to come on full-time. And and Todd, that was the hardest decision mm. of my life mm-hmm. because I left my dream job um, working at the same local church that I've been there for for years and years, yeah. 13 years full-time, but I've been there since 1997. Mm. And, and having to say, God, uh, 
longevity is great, but obedience is best. Mm. And so um, I, I said, I prayed about it. it. I mean, God was just keeping me up at night, not letting this thing go, because my answer was always no. But there's something just different about this call. And so um, after praying about it, just God wouldn't release that from me. And I, I just knew that this was what I was supposed to do. And, and the fun part, I'm so thankful. Um, I think just in God's grace, we were able still to stay in Princeton and I commute to the district office. And now I get to be a volunteer pastor at my church. <laughs> I get to work with families and Kristen and me are brainstorming a process, how we can work with marriages. And we get to, um, just do kids ministry in, in a different, in a different vein, uh, at our church and still be able to pastor kids pastors across the state. And I am the most blessed guy because we have such a strong Kidman community in Minnesota. Um, people are so selfless. They work so hard and this next generation. is going to know Jesus. And I'm so excited to be in this role than I am. That's awesome. Yeah. So with all that, all that experience, all that vision, um, all that passion, when you drill down into it, what are ways that you have learned to help kids, help those young ones, this incredibly formative time in their lives? Um, what does it look like to help them understand that they are invited to engage with God all throughout their day? Um, and then what does that look like for them? What, what, um, yeah, what have you learned? What have you tried? What, what, what is being effective, um, in making that just life is a, a life is a journey of, of staying connected with God and others. Mm -hmm. What does that look like at that age? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. I mean, Solomon, the wisest man in all the scriptures that train up a child in the way they should go. And then when they get older, they will not depart from it. And there is a training aspect in training. A lot of times you don't see the end result when you train, mm -hmm. you might not see or even understand the big picture while you train, but it's being disciplined. Uh, Steve Jobs says it this way, uh, before a man is 30, he makes his habits. And after a man is 30, the habits make the man. And so I think for us, if we can create this culture of worship and connecting with God, where it is a discipline, but there's also a joy in it when kids are young, that intimacy, that relationship with Christ, they're not going to walk away from that relationship when they get into college. If it's only facts and Bible stories and obligation and duty, man, that's easy to walk away from. But if we can cultivate that relationship with God from an early age, and uh, my band teacher gave me some, some really practical advice in band. So this is kind of an interesting segue, but ho hold with me for one second. Mm -hmm. He said in, in a concert, People remember, uh, with all these different pieces in band, people remember how you start and how you finish. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, they forget in the middle. And so for me, for practical advice with kids, I want them to start their day uh, connecting with God, and I want them ending their day mm. connecting with God. Mm. And we are, uh, James Clear has a book called Atomic Habits, and he just makes the argument that environment eats willpower for breakfast. And how can we create an environment that kids will want to worship in the home, in church? And so this is much bigger than just a Sunday morning context. What would it look like 
if we encourage our kids to write down Bible verses and to put those sticky notes on their mirror. So every time they brush their teeth getting ready for school, they're going to read a Bible verse uh, for the week. Uh, what would it look like when they make their bed if they set their Bible on top of their pillow? So every night when they got into their bed, they would take their Bible and they would just end spending some time with God. How can we help create this environment that kids naturally fall into worship? They, they have this habit of just, it's easy. What if kids created a playlist on the way to school? with a couple of their favorite songs and they rotate uh, between the family members of their favorite worship playlist and they worship on the way to school. They start to pray and be focused because worship is warfare. And I know that these kids, they're in a fight of their lives. We have to teach them how to fight well and that's teaching them really how to worship well. Yeah, that's great. Um when you've uh, you used the word holistic earlier, um, and just again helping all of us, and especially and including our children, um, to just understand that that relationship with God and others permeates every part of life, every moment of life, um, and when you think about how you've communicated, and even specifically the wording and the language, because. As you know, in the circles we walk in, even though we know it's about relationship, for example, the word worship has come to paint a very narrow picture. Okay, now we're singing mm-hmm. to God, so we're worshiping. So do you, has your language that you've used with kids always been very holistic, or can you think of specific ways you've shifted in your language with kids to help them uh, have that more holistic approach? Yeah. Well, as far as uh, talking about spiritual definitions in the church, uh, Charles Spurgeon said, there's no concept that a child cannot understand. It's just the basically ineptitude of the teacher <laughs> that, is, that is stopping them from being able to understand it. Mm. And so kids, uh, another kid's pastor says it this way, uh, like kids need meatloaf uh, or kids need meat. Um, they just need it in smaller bites. They might need some ketchup. They might need to spice it up a little bit to, to have them be able to, to taste and enjoy it. Mm. So as far as worship and spiritual definitions, um, yeah, we have to break it down with kids. And instead of saying, you know, fall on your knees, cry out to God, some kids might be thinking, but I'm not sad. What is crying out? Mm. And, and just really being able to break down those definitions and, and make it much more than singing. I think we have in the church basically relegated worship to just singing songs in church. And that's your heart's cry, Todd. Uh, Worship is life. I Mm -hmm. mean, being able to uh, just be able to honor God throughout the days. And what would that look like if we just maybe even reminders on our phone to say, like right now I have a reminder on my phone at 3 p.m. every day. It just says, I connect with God. And I just try to be still and I just try to intentionally listen. I try to put things within my day that I'm falling into a good habit of worship, of connecting, of being mindful. Because life is just consuming with smartphones, with technology. Uh, Kids could just blink and they've just spent nine hours on YouTube, Mm. but they don't have time to read five minutes of their Bible. And so we need to help them create habits, disciplines. And, and so as far as definitions, uh, just break it down, help these kids to say, hey, you know what? Worship a lot of times is honoring God with our lives. Did you know after a game and you tell a kid that just beat you in basketball and you go up to them and say, hey, 
great game. You played really good. Mm -hmm. You just honored that person. Did you know that honoring goes up to God as worship to say, God, I'm going to honor other people. I'm going to show love and kindness. And you could even worship by by honoring somebody in defeat. Like, that's so cool. And so I try to give them many examples to try to get them um, thinking about what worship is. And I think one of the ultimate things with kids, what we need to teach as leaders is to allow them to process. And so in church, I might say this. uh, I might say, you know, we're going to give the Holy Spirit like like one or two minutes right now. We're just going to be quiet. And I want you to ask Him, what would worship look like in my life outside of church? And let's just be quiet and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. Because I know this, when the Holy Spirit speaks, that's worth a million lifetimes of my words. Just that one whisper of the Holy Spirit. And so I want kids to connect with God, to hear from His Spirit what worship can look like as well, instead of me having to give every specific example. Yeah, that's great. Um, And so now you've created these district-wide day events. Um, You can let us know what the name of them are, because I think it's it's evolved a little bit, but what are you doing in those daily events to, to communicate, to communicate, um, that very truth? Yeah. Well, we have a, a couple district events throughout the year that have been just so powerful because I know a worship is it's not just a Sunday morning. It's a life thing, but there's something special when people gather under the name of Jesus, and we worship, and we sing, and we just praise, and we have so much fun in God's presence. And the the event that you're talking about is it's called the Kids XP, and that's where kids get to come together, and we have the whole state. We're going to have about four locations this year. It's going to be the last Saturday in February, and we're going to come and uh, worship God together. We're going to sing some songs. We're going to have an educating, uh, entertaining speaker that's going to talk to us about Jesus. Many kids that are not saved are going to hear the gospel in a clear way. We're going to play some games, have pizza. We have huge inflatable games and activities, and it's been one of the highlights of our kids' year is the Kids XP, and that comes up the last Saturday in February. And also our Kids Camp. Um, Man, the whole state gathers at Kids Camp, and we come to Lake Geneva with that goal of connecting with God and connecting with each other. And there's something that is so special when we all gather under the name of Jesus. And so I think it's, it's those big experiences and also teaching those little quiet experiences as well. It's both. It's not an either or. That's awesome, Chris. That's man. And that's the event. The kids XP is the event that I was able to be a part of in 2020. Um, yeah. and that was February, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. And that was, yeah, man, that was like right before a lot of crazy stuff went down and, <laughs> in our, just in our lives. So that was really fun to be a part of. Yeah. Um, and, and, and real quick with that, yeah. with, with the kids XP, um, there's so many adults that have never heard kids worship before. Mm. And when our adults come and chaperone and help these kids, uh, at this event, many of them are so inspired and humble yep. because when these kids worship, man, they give it all they have. They sing from the bottom of their soul. I mean, they are just with a reckless abandon, they're lifting up the name of Jesus. And I've yes. had adults that have came to me and said, I'm so humbled 
to see these kids worship and I want to express myself, all of myself in worship like they do. And so the presence of God is just thick. I mean, God in his word says he's perfected praise out of the mouths of babes. Mm. And so it's, it's so special uh, being in the presence of God with a bunch of kids worshiping him. It is. And there's something that I've been learning even lately, just about childlike faith throughout life. And man, how cool just to be around kids that are just going for it with that. I love it. I love it. Well, Chris, we've reached that point in the episode where we bring on our unofficial member of the podcast, if that's okay with you. So Billy Bob, you are on with Chris Pruitt. Um, am I, am I on with Chris Pruitt? <laughs> Chris? Yes. Is that hey, you? Billy Bob. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I'm calling from way down south, so it's so amazing that you can hear me. Oh, I've heard so much about you, Chris. It's such an honor, such an honor for me to talk to you today. <laughs> well, it's a, I think the honor is all mine. Well, that's, I think. that's, that's so nice of you. So, <laughs> so nice of you. Listen, Chris. Now, I know a thing or two about a thing or two. For example, you know, I've been stalking you on the Facebook. And uh, <laughs> so I know that you have about four kids, which is, you know, about half as many as I have. <laughs> you know, there's so many of them running around, I can't even keep track of their names, their ages, so uh -huh. don't even think about asking me. But as I've been listening... As I've been listening to you, you know, I've been trying to been trying to imagine, wow, what does what does this look like in my in my my own house? What does this look like with my own family? How how what, what how how help me, Chris? Help me, Chris. How <laughs> how do I help my kids? I want my kids I want my kids to be able to to connect with God all day long because I know I know they can't love each other. Unless yeah. without God's help, they can't love each other. I, I believe, they can't. believe me, I've seen it firsthand, Chris. They can't love yep. each other without God's help. C help me, Chris. What? What? Well, as a well, dad, as good. a dad, how can how can I help? Well, Billy Bob, my advice to you would be more is caught than taught. And as you oh, lead your kids. Good. I think you should just set the example. If you wake up and the kids hearing worship music and you praising God, if they if they hear you listening to Christian music in, uh -huh. in the car and just uh -huh. singing songs uh -huh. and at night praying and just giving God thanks, uh -huh. more is caught than taught. And I think that's one of the greatest gifts you could ever give your kids is to model what it looks like to worship God daily. Wow. That's good. That's good. What else? <laughs> what else? What else, my friend? Hey, what? well, and maybe I know your kids are unique, just like mine. Yeah. And find different ways. You have ways no they idea how unique <laughs> my kids are. Well, maybe find different ways they'd love to connect with God. I know okay. my wife loves to connect with God through the outdoors. Okay. I, I know I love to connect with God through music. I know my my son loves to connect with God through art and drawing. Huh. And so maybe find ways that God has put those gifts and maybe those bents in them and connect them back to the creator. So oh, maybe, wow. yeah, I think each and every kid could express themselves in, in a different way, but it is all meaningful when it's directed towards God. Wow. Wow. So that's great, and that's great as as they're because they're all unique, you know. 
they're all unique. They are. How about, what about like the whole family? Like, I mean, like how often do you like gather the whole family? I mean, you know what it's like, you know, you got school, you got events, you got <laughs> yeah. sports. I mean, things can get, I mean, it can just drive you crazy. I mean, oh, like how, my goodness. how do you gather the family? I hear you. Well, first of all, to all the parents out there, lower your expectations. Every time that I thought I was going to have this awesome worship night or family devotional, it usually ended in chaos and frustration because my kids weren't listening quietly and attentively for a half hour. <laughs> so lower your expectation. Maybe it's, hey, guys, we're going to sing one song tonight as a family. Or, hey, um, let's, before bedtime, could you pick out a devotional and you lead the family? Wow. Um, but But let them experience God, but lower your expectations. It's not going to be this huge worship service and it's going to be awesome. I think it's probably going to be rough, but we're just going to model doing the right thing anyway. And so, yeah, lower your expectations and just lead, just go for it. Just experiment, try stuff. And uh, I think God's going to be honored with you in your attempt to direct the focus towards him. Wow. 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 Okay. One last thing, Chris, one last thing. I mean, you know what? Like I, I need some help from myself, you know. I mean, you know what it's, you know what it's like. You know what it's like. I mean, sometimes you get so crazy, you know. You, you say model it, model it, model it. I get it, but man, sometimes I just. I mean, I'm so impatient, and then I can be so unkind. I mean, and I know, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How? How? You know? What's it look? What? How do you stay? How do you stay connected with God so that God so God can help you help you help you? <laughs> well, that is a great, great uh, insight. And Billy Bob, thanks for being vulnerable. I know a lot of us. Uh, well, we it's embarrassing. Worship- I got to tell you, it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of us we want to lead, and we don't always feel like it. And that's where faith really. Uh, hits the road, you know, where the rubber meets the road is when we say, God, even though I don't feel like it, I'm going to just say, I love you. Thanks for this day. Get those little habits going. Find habits. Uh, My dad, when he he wrote inside my Bible, and he said, this book will either keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book. And a lot of times, um, people that have fallen away from God, it's because they stop pursuing God. And God never moves, but I know that I can walk away from feeling close to God by me not pursuing him. God will never force himself on his, his relationship on me, but I can walk away from that relationship if I neglect him. So I just want to challenge you get back in that habit of saying, God, speak to me through your word. I want to connect with you. Going to church is a great midweek or a weekend checkup of being with like-minded people. So all those things, be careful that you don't fall out of those habits because sometimes you just have to do what you know you need to do, even if you don't feel like it. And that's called discipline. Yeah. It's all about relationship, ain't it? It is. It is. Yep. Well, Chris, I always want to say a special thanks to our guests who um, permit and have grace with our um, unofficial member of the podcast that you just spoke with. So thank you for your time and uh, the amazing just content and the way that you communicate relationship um, with everyone, including uh, how merciful you merciful you just were with uh, Billy Bob. <laughs> 
Hey, well, it was an honor to meet that guest. I know we get a lot of crazies out there on the radio <laughs> or or a podcast, but you know what? It's, it's just fun. And once you get to know me, you realize that I am one of those crazies as well. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been great. Um, I know our listeners are going to be so blessed by the yeah. insights and just your personal journey and stories. And thank you for yeah. for your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um and um, yeah, and just the, the the testimony of your life. Um, just love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much. God bless you. And well, um, be yes. blessed throughout Thank your day. Thank you so day. much, Todd and Taylor. Not just for your leadership, but for your friendship and example. Mm. Love you guys. Thank you so much again. Love you, man. Yeah, thank you. For resources and to find out more about Worship is Life, head to worshipislife.org. Well, my name is Chris Pruitt, and you're listening to the Worship is Life podcast.